This is Women of Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. So very happy to be with you today. I certainly am. And in addition to that, I am even more eager to hear from you today. To be with you is one thing. To talk with you, oh my goodness, that's something more. So I do invite you to give us a call here, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That is the way, excuse me, that you can join us right here as we have Holy Conversation together, as we do Monday through Friday at this very same time. We want to give a shout out to all of our affiliates. I like to remember them from time to time. They're always being remembered, but I like to remember them through a shout out every once in a while because I am so very grateful to you for carrying our program, for carrying EWTN, for being involved in this great mission to communicate the love of God through the airwaves, to use those airwaves for the upbuilding of the body of Christ. We all need to be upbuilded. <laughs> Let me put it that way. We all need that. We certainly do. Uh, you know, I, I, I interviewed, I just want to share this with you really fast. I have so much to share with you today, but I want to, I interviewed the Dominican uh, sisters, two Dominican sisters last week um, from the uh, uh, Sisters of the Congregation of St. Cecilia located in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. Many of you know them as the Nashville Dominicans. And um, I was taught by Dominicans in high school had a great aunt that was a Dominican. Uh, And, you know, they shared, I had never heard in all those years of my education, uh, nor did my great aunt ever share this with me, not that she would have even thought to, I think. Uh, But the motto of the Dominicans is to contemplate, to give to others the fruits of our contemplation. To contemplate, so as, to give to others the fruits of our contemplation. And, you know, that has just been playing and singing in my heart since I discovered that as I was doing some research in preparation for the program. And it was a beautiful thing uh, to discover. And I love that because so very often I have thought, isn't that what we do right here on Women of Grace Live? And really through all of the uh, EWTN programming, you know, our relationship with the Lord, your relationship with him, my relationship with him, that we experience in our time of prayer, uh, all of that certainly is used by God to draw us into deeper relationship with him, deeper union with him, but also to be a source of inspiration and help and assistance to others. And, you know, just an absolutely beautiful, beautiful Uh, I think, thing to contemplate, to pray about, to ask the Lord, you know, what are the opportunities that you are giving me to share the fruit of my prayer, the fruit of my relationship uh, with others, that they too might come into deeper relationship with you and be lifted up uh, as members of the mystical body of Christ. It's a beautiful thing. And and I think that that's one of the real benefits that we have uh, by way of our faith, by way of the great spirituality of the saints that is ours. We just have to dip 
into it and begin to uh, experience it and, and to allow the Holy Spirit to shape us and to form us after the very heart and mind of God uh, so that we do uh, have that capacity to live out the call and mission that is ours by virtue of our baptism, and that is to be another Christ in the world. Not Christ, but to be so imbued by his spirit that we take on, <laughs> we take on the very characteristics of him. Uh, transformation is what that's called, transformation. Uh, and uh, St. Paul talks about that in Romans uh, chapter 12, verse 2. I, uh, I proclaim it often here on our program. Do not be conformed to this age, but rather be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may know what is God's will, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. And then I like to think about that in relation to that beautiful passage that we read in uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, I think it's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3, verse 18. It could be 2 Corinthians. I'll verify that for you on the break. Um, but it's this, how, how does that happen? You know, how, how is it that our mind is renewed? Well, St. Paul gives us indication through this passage from Corinthians. He says, all of us gazing on the Lord glory with unveiled faces are being transformed from glory to glory into his very image by the Lord who is the spirit. So it's the work of God, right? All we do is dispose ourselves to the work of God. All we do is show up. We show up with right intention, right disposition of heart, mind, and spirit, and the Lord does the work in us. Uh, unless the Lord build the house, we labor in vain, correct? So we can't, we can't make ourselves transformed. We can dispose ourselves to transformation. And that ha happens by the work of the Holy Spirit and our disposition of heart, our intentionality, and living, as we talked about yesterday, putting, on, uh, putting legs on that intentionality, being about the business of doing what God would have us do. Uh, obviously, living a life of faith, living a life of prayer, making use of the sacraments, um, also seeking to, to, to exert our will, in the execution of virtue so that we can grow in virtue. St. Teresa of Avila talks about, you know, there, there, there is no really good, if, if you want to, if you want to reach the heights of prayer, it begins by practicing virtue because it begins by this effort on our part to conform ourselves to what we know is God's will. But then you see what that does is that sets up right intentionality. It sets up the right disposition of heart. And what happens then? We make room. We're getting rid of all of those faults, those frailties, those weaknesses, those proclivities that are ours, right? And we're making room for the spirit of the living God to come in and do that process of transformation within us. Uh, in another place, um, St. Paul tells us, and this is in, the, in Philippians chapter 4, you know, he tells us to, to think on everything that is good, everything that is lovely, right? Everything that is, is, is uh, you know, uh, resplendent with God, you know, that paraphrasing here, Johnette's own words for this beautiful passage. I think it's uh, Philippians 4, chap, uh, verse 8. Uh, and he says, you know, uh, he says, think on these things, right? Think on these things. So the mind is renewed when we bring ourselves back through a conscious effort uh, to the presence of God throughout the course of the day, the Holy Spirit inhabiting us. If we're in the state of grace, heaven is in us, entering into that, 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 that little domain, that little dominion within our being. You know, you know we talk about it being in the center of the soul, but soul has faculties. It's really an intellectual kind of a thing. Uh, 
you know, entering into that space, right? Uh, conscious recognition of God in me and living out of that through the course of the day. Uh, and that begins to transform, right? We're praising him, we're glorifying him, we're being who it is that he calls us to be. So anyway, just some thoughts for you to think about today. <laughs> These are thoughts I've been thinking about all morning. So now here I am <laughs> sharing with you the fruits of my contemplation. Uh, but we want to hear from you too, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That's the way that you can join us right here on Women of Grace Live, where we do love having that holy conversation with you. <laughs> I want to hear from you. I surely do. I also want to let you know that we're available for you out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature there. Uh, put your question or comment in there. We will get it. I know that Rich Jesse is producing. I know that Matthew Gabensky is on the phones. I'm thinking maybe Michael McCall is out there on social media, but I'm going to clarify that. <clears throat> and I am also going to clarify, is it 1 Corinthians or is it 2 Corinthians? And why, Lord, do I always forget that? 833-288-EWTN. We're coming right back. Stay with us. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1-833-288-EWTN. 1-833-288-3986. Well, welcome back, everybody. I am so happy that you are with us today. I certainly am. You're calling in. That makes me even gladder. So I'm inviting you to do that. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Available for you, too, out there in social media land. And I am uh, encouraging you uh, to join us there out there at, EW, at EWTN's YouTube channel. Michael McCall is call screen, uh, is uh, retrieving your comments there and getting them up for us. Matthew Gabensky is call screening, and we do have Rich Jesse as our producer. So we're very excited about all of that good stuff. I'm excited about other things, too. I'm going to get to Christine and Gil in just a moment, and I'm hoping that y'all will call us, too, 833-288-3986. We're open for you for anything that you would like to talk about today. We certainly are. Do want to remind you about some upcoming events. Uh, as I was sharing with you uh, through the course of this week and last week, we are having our evening, uh, our, our, our Women of Grace Online Foundational Study Information Night, January the 9th. That's today. <laughs> so it's this evening between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and that actual uh, study is going to begin on January 23rd. You hear me talking a lot about the transforming effects of our study. We're talking about transformation here. And by the way, it's 2 Corinthians 3.18. Did check that for you. Uh, so, you know, we also uh, allow ourselves to come into this deeper union with God by way of making and taking advantage of the opportunities that are presented for us for growth in our Christian life. And the Women of Grace Foundational Study is one of these offerings that can do that. I am telling you, I know that it's transforming because the women who take the study tell us it's transforming, that their lives are changed, uh, that there is an incredible gift and blessing that comes to them by way of this study. We don't want you to miss out that opportunity. So the information session is this evening. You can at least show up for that and listen, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. 
this evening. You can ask questions, etc. It's going to be starting on January 23rd and will be offered Tuesday evenings from 7 until 9. We also have an information session tomorrow, uh, and that is going to be from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So it's a morning opportunity for you. And that uh, session, uh, study will begin on January the 24th at that same time. So at least come and, and find out more about it. Who knows what the Holy Spirit wants to do in you? Uh, sometimes we don't know and until we are in the midst of something like this. And then we find out, oh my goodness, I am being so richly blessed. I never understood. I never realized. Or maybe it's like, well, yeah, I've realized, but now the Lord is taking me to a deeper level. And that's one of the things that is a, is a highlight of this study, that you can dive in at the deep end of the pool, or you can wade in at the shallow end, depending upon where your spiritual life is. And God is going to take you to the next step. And that's what he wants to do. Uh, in addition to that, I want you to know that for those of you that sense that maybe God is asking you to facilitate such a group because there isn't an in-person group in your area, that January 17th, we're going to have a quick start facilitator training. I want you to also know that you can find out if there is a study in person taking place in your area. If you are doing one, we want to know about it because right there on our website, on our homepage, up in the purple nav bar, you'll see study information. If you click on that, You'll see an opportunity to find a study group, to find out if there's a study group in your area or nearby, or if you are facilitating one to register your study group so that people will know. So we're very excited about that opportunity. So you can find out that way. Uh, but all of that being said, uh, you, we want you to consider becoming a facilitator of our Women of Grace Foundational Study. Uh, and we want you to know that we're going to have a quick start facilitator training on January the 17th. Two options again for you. All of the information is at our website. January 25th, I am going to be at the Faith and Wine of Lee County. It is an evening conference for women. It begins at 6 p.m., ends at 8.30 p.m. I'm going to be presenting on Authentic Femininity, Chosen Daughters of the Most High God. I think there might be wine there <laughs> based on the name. I'm not really sure. <laughs> uh, but I think that there's going to be food as well. We're inviting you to join us there. Uh, very much looking forward to being with you there. Uh, you can uh, uh, register right at our website. You can register for everything that I'm saying right at our website. So find out more if you're in the Fort Myers area or not too far away. You're not far away if you're in Venice. You know, you're not far away if you're in Port Charlotte. I can take you up and down that, that west coast of Florida and, and let you know that uh, within the context of Fort Myers, even if you're in the Clearwater area, which... Um, you know, is a little further north or Port Ritchie, New Port Ritchie, you're no more than two and a half hours away from Fort Myers. We would love to have you. Uh, if you're nearer still, even in Naples, you know, you could drive north just a wee bit, you know, that's where the big airport is, uh, and join us there. So uh, Sarasota, all of those areas, we're not far away, hoping to see you there. You're also not far away if you're on the other coast in South Florida, just, you know, come across 75, uh, Alligator Alley right there, and you're going to be in Fort Myers in a heartbeat. So we invite you to join us for that beautiful day. February 3rd, Marriage Retreat Day with Johnette and Jack Williams, Thriving in Marriage in a Post-Truth Culture, Boca Raton, Florida. We want you to get out there and check that out. I'm going to have more for you later on because there's all kinds of things going on at Women of Grace, as you can hear by what it is that we're saying. But we're here to take your calls, and uh, I'm excited about it. Christine is with us. She is in New York today. 
and she is listening to us uh, via Pox at Bonham Radio, and I'm delighted you're with us, Christine. How are you? Hi, Christine. Hi. (laughs) There she is. (laughs) Oh, yes. Um, My question to you is I'm a mother of seven children, and right now I'm going through, like, a divorce, and if you could please pray for my family. I will. Um, Thank you. My, um, I'm, I'm concerned because my kids are in the secular school, public school right now. They used to be at the Macarthur Mary in Watertown, New York, and they're introducing, you know, um, sex, sex education to them. And how um, I'm going to be speaking with the principals, would you go about uh, dealing with some of these issues, especially well, mothers I'm... out there? Okay. So how old are these children, Christine? Sure. Um, my oldest, Grace, is 21 and... Well, 17 down to six years old, yes. Oh, okay, okay. So now what what grade level are you concerned about with regard to sex education? Did you tell me that already? Um, Yeah, it's uh, fifth grade and seventh. Okay. All right, well, you know, I'm very suspicious of any kind of sex education course that's being promoted within public school systems and uh, even in some private school settings. Uh, And the reason why I'm concerned is because it's really an indoctrination uh, to, uh, to promiscuity and to sexual experimentation and exploration. Uh, and, and that's at the mild end of the spectrum. At the worst end of the spectrum, uh, it is also a way to indoctrinate them towards homosexual activity, uh, both male and female, uh, bisexuality, and also uh, transgenderism. So I am very, very suspicious. Um, I would ask to see the curriculum that is going to be used. Uh, I would ask to see if there's any kind of supplemental materials, such as uh, videos that they will be shown or websites that they'll be encouraged to go visit. I would want to see all of it. I would want to know if I could come in and sit in on the class. I would also want to know if you're not getting satisfactory answers from from those questions. I would want to know if you can opt your children out of the class. Uh, And Mm -hmm. um, I I would tell them, I I would make it very, very clear that you are a parent that is involved in the life of your children and that you care deeply about what's being presented to them and that you are a woman who has certain standards um, uh, with regard to uh, sexual um, activity and you have a right to know it's your parental right. I would would be kind. Um, You don't want to be hostile. Uh, I would go in there with a, a, I would say, a meek demeanor. And by meek, I don't mean weak. Uh, a meek demeanor is, is a demeanor that um, really has passions under control. So I wouldn't go in there all emotional or riled up. Uh, but I would go in there with, uh, with uh, uh, the authority that is yours by way of your parenthood. So I wouldn't go in there uh, it, it, cowering in any way or, or lacking confidence. Uh, but I would say, you know, I would probably begin the conversation and, you know, here's a good sales technique. You nod your head up and down. Yes, right? So I would sit down and I would say, I'm sure that you understand that as a mom, uh, I have the best interest of my children at heart and I'm very concerned about them. And I'm so appreciative of the education that they're being provided. Uh, and, and so I'm sure that you wouldn't have a problem sharing the curriculum that you'll be giving to them and you're nodding your head the whole time. You know, uh, the, the curriculum that you will be using in the classroom uh, to present to my children. I'd like to see it in the supplemental materials. And I know that you well understand. By the way, do you have children? I'm sure you have the same concern for your children. So, I mean, that kind of an attitude um, where you are 
have your emotions under control and you nonetheless, though, have a sense of uh, propriety, if I may use that word, um, in, in your authority as a parent and also confidence in the fact that you are the decision maker for your children. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you so much. You're welcome. Now, if you don't want them in the class at all, then, you know, and, and, they, and if they say, well, you know, we really reserve that, then you would say, but I, I reserve my right to be the parent of my children. You understand that, of course. You know, and, 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 if you, and if you can't get anywhere with that, I would ask to opt them out of the class. And if they refuse to let you do that, I would opt them out of the school. Okay. Okay, thank you. Okay, sweetie. Thank you for calling. I would move to Florida. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> but thanks, Christine, for calling. I, I do appreciate it. And, and you know, I, I, I have to sympathize with all of you raising children today. It is very difficult to raise children today. And I want to tell you that, that back in the day when I was raising my children, um, which was some time ago, my youngest daughter uh, was in seventh grade. And she came home and asked me a question that absolutely floored me floored me. And I had gone in and spoken with the teacher. I had gone in and viewed the video that they were going to watch. I, I had gone in and done my due diligence as a parent as to what was going to be presented in, in, the, in the, the discussion about, you know, sex. And um, I want to tell you, I was floored, and I will not repeat it on the air, I was floored by the question my daughter asked me. Um, uh, and I immediately took myself over to the school. I left her at home. Uh, she was not alone. Uh, and I went over to the school and confronted the principal. And I said, you know, thank you so much for seeing me. I have a question for you. And I asked him the very question that my daughter asked me. And I thought this principal was going to fall off the chair. And I said to him, that is the question that my daughter asked me when she came home from school today because of a class that I did my very best to vet before I permitted her to participate. And he had no answer. Um, and uh, so, you know, there, there, there was some action that was taken after that. But all of this being said, you know, we, we have got to understand who we are as parents, and we cannot let um, ideologies uh, that are being indoctrinated into the minds of our children uh, have the upper hand. We have the upper hand as parents, and we need to exert it. And my little comment about about the state of Florida is because I, I think you're all very well aware of what the governor of Florida, uh, uh, Ron DeSantis, um, has has uh, been doing in in the system, the public school systems there. So, all of that being said, I I think that. We need to not be afraid, you know. Pope John Paul II repeated that uh, to us so many times in so many documents. Be not afraid. It's all through sacred scripture. Be not afraid. So, Christine, thank you so very, very much for your call today. You can call us too, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That's the way that you can join us live here on Women of Grace Live, where we do love having holy conversation with you. We certainly do. Gil is with us in Long Island. Haven't heard from Gil in a little while. Always happy when he calls in. He's listening to us via Ave Maria Radio Online. Hey, Gil. I'm doing great. I'm from Strong Island, Long Island. There you go. strong in the Lord. Yes, amen. I can do all (laughs) things through Christ, which strengthens me. Um, um, Some verses that I memorized, um, one of them is found in... um, Luke chapter 1, verse 48, it says, From now on, all generations will call me blessed, 
The Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And then um, Matthew one twenty one says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And uh, I think it's Luke chapter 1, verse 28 says, Hail Mary, full of grace. And um, in, in, in light of that, I was wondering if you could expound on those verses pertaining to Mary, because my Nancy did love the Blessed Mother very much. Yeah, thank you, Gil. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, these are beautiful verses, and, you know, I think that all of them speak to the topic that we were discussing uh, earlier, and that is, you know, the, this this idea of entering into this uh, disposition and intentionality of heart that makes way for the Holy Spirit so that transformation can take place within us. And you end with that beautiful passage from uh, St. Luke, uh, the words of the angel, Archangel Gabriel, who comes to announce the good news to Mary that, that God has selected her to be the mother of the Messiah. And I think that we look to our Blessed Mother to see how is it that God would have me be transformed. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ is true God and true man, uh, hypostatic union, right? Uh, and, and yet in his humanity, uh, you know, God entrusted him to the Blessed Virgin Mary who raised him up in the way he should go in his humanity, his divinity, of course, always at play, but God entrusted him uh, to a woman and not just any woman, but the woman of Revelation, the woman of Genesis. Uh, in, we read in Galatians uh, 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 chapter 4, verse 4, uh, in the fullness of time, God sent his son born of a woman. Uh, and, and so we look to this woman. Uh, she, as pure creature, not hypostatic union, is the perfect disciple. She is the perfect exemplar of what it means to be transformed according to the heart and the mind of God. Now, Mary's transformation began at the moment that she was conceived uh, because Mary never bore the stain of original sin. At the moment that egg and sperm met in the womb of St. Anne, uh, God uh, through his his um, um, uh, uh, omnipotence, affected uh, in time the graces of redemption that would come by way of the sacrificial offering of our Lord Jesus Christ. He took those graces that would come in time, and he, not being bound by time and space, applied them to the Virgin at the moment that she was being conceived. So she never knew the stain of sin. So when we look at our Blessed Lady, we can see the fullness of virtue. We can see the, the, the fullness of the effect of the Spirit uh, in her, in all ways. And we can do as she has done. And we can talk more about that on the other side of the break. We're looking forward to hearing from you. 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That's the way that you can join us right here on Women of Grace Live, where we do love having holy conversation with you. Yes, we do. Uh, also, you can use that chat feature out there at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Rich Jesse producing. Michael McCall out there in social media land, and Matthew Gabensky on the phones today. Coming right back after the break. Stay with us. Join in on the conversation. The Women of Grace phone lines are open. 1 833 
288-EWTN, 1-833-288-3986. Well, welcome back, everybody. You are listening to Women of Grace Live. I'm Johnette Benkovic. Really happy to be with you today and looking forward to being with you. We are going to get back to Gil in just one moment, but I do want to share with you a little bit about something else very exciting that's happening at Women of Grace, and that is our Benedicta Institute for Women. Uh, we are going to be relaunching the Benedicta Institute at Our Lady of Florida Spiritual Center, located on the east coast of Florida. We are going to be there in April. It is going to begin on April the 22nd. It is a week-long intensive. We are going to be studying the question, who is woman? the journey from Eve to Mary. And we're going to be entering into an exploration of the answer to that question with Dr. Donald Wallenfang, who is our academic advisor for Women of Grace, uh, for our Benedicta. And we're very excited about this opportunity for you. It is a course that can lead you to a certification in Catholic women's leadership if you determine that you want to go forward for a certification. Otherwise, it can just be a lovely exploration of this question, uh, a week-long opportunity for you to enter into uh, a real uh, opportunity for uh, the 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 writings of some of the great, great women uh, uh, thinkers of, of contemporary times, current times uh, included. Uh, we will be exploring St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, uh, Prudence Allen, Alice von Hildebrand, and Gertrude von Lefort, and seeing what they share with us about woman. Also, the writings of our own presenter, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, who will be leading us in this exploration. A beautiful opportunity. Uh, Bishop William Walterscheid will also be with us. He is our spiritual advisor for Women of Grace and also for the Benedicta Institute for Women. And he is going to uh, be celebrating Mass for us. He will be offering us confession. We will have opportunities to meet with him for spiritual direction. And in the evenings, uh, once we complete dinner, uh, he will be giving us sort of like a little mini course inside of the general course that we will be studying, and he is going to be uh, giving us uh, insights into the spiritual life. So if you are interested in a certification for Catholic women's leadership or interested simply in entering more deeply into a uh, programmable way of looking at some of these bigger issues that are facing us today, I would really encourage you to join us. All of the information is available for you uh, at our website, womenofgrace.com. As I say, it's a week-long intensive, meaning that we will be gathering together every day. Uh, We've put breathing areas into that schedule, however, so I don't want you to think it's going to be just, you know, pounding away. Uh, but, But it's going to be a very Uh, educational, instructive, and I do believe very inspirational time that we're going to spend together. Yours truly will be there. Uh, We will have numbers of people that will be joining us. Um, We have people, uh, obviously, who are registering. We would love for you to join us for this event. We currently have some space available. That is April the 22nd through the 28th. So uh, all of the information available for you at the website, and once again, you can register there. Now, we had Gil with us prior to our break, and he is with us uh, still, and he was 
he's uh, sharing with us some beautiful passages from sacred scripture. And these beautiful passages that he was sharing with us really help for us to understand that we are called indeed to transformation. Transformation in what way? Well, transformation into uh, the very image and likeness of the one in whom we are created, and that is God himself. How do we get there? That's what we've been exploring today in our time together. Well, I can tell you that we most definitely get there uh, primarily uh, through spending time with the Lord. We get there through our life of prayer, reception of the sacraments. We get there through uh, a conscious effort to conform ourselves to the will of God. That that involves our effort, you know. Uh, and so that conformity comes by way of knowing what it is that God would have us do. He makes it explicit for us in sacred scripture. He gives us the Ten Commandments. He gives us the Beatitudes, right? Uh, he gives us all of that. He gives us his word in and of itself, which gives us great insight into what God's will is for us. Uh, and we also know what his will for us through it, the situations and circumstances that occur in our daily life and applying the truths of our faith to those circumstances and situations, all of which can move us forward in this process of transformation. Gil, however, uh, brought up something else for us. Gil brought up for us the uh, beautiful uh, image of our Blessed Lady. Uh, he brought up the beautiful reality of her at the moment of her Annunciation. And I was sharing that we cannot look for the more perfect disciple. We cannot look for someone, uh, a, a pure creature who is transformed more to the image and likeness of God than our Blessed Mother, who was preserved who is preserved from the stain of original sin from the moment of her conception and lived according to the grace that inhabited her all of the days of her life, which means that she never sinned. Um, obviously, she was specially chosen by God to be the mother of his son, uh, created by the word himself who would take on her flesh and dwell among us. That just that is something you could sit with for hours in prayer and just ask the Holy Spirit to take you into the mystery of that. Not that you can comprehend it with the head, but the soul can intuit it. That's for sure. Um, you know, just an amazing reality. So we look and see what Our Lady did. Luke tells us she pondered all things in her heart. She was always meditating on the Word of God. She was always contemplating the Word of God in the flesh. Her Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. She was looking for the hand of God moving through the events of her life. She was always in conformity with what it was that God wanted her to do. Our Blessed Mother was filled with virtue uh, from the moment of her conception. And we know that because of the very utterance, right, that the angel gives to us, hail full of grace. He renames her. He calls us according to the character of her being, which is what? Full of grace. Fullness of grace is her name, right? So you cannot be full of grace and be stained by sin. You can't be full of grace and be stained by sin. Mary had no sin. So we look to our mother and we do one thing more. Not only do we take her as our exemplar, but we ask her to train us up in the way in which we should go, just as she trained up Jesus in the way in which he should go. It is Jesus' divine and holy pleasure to have entrusted his mother to us. And he did so with his dying breaths right there on Calvary's Hill. He bequeathed her to you and to me. And he did it for a very good reason. Because he knew that she could be the one to shape us and form us and mold us according to the pattern of who it is that God desires we be. So we go not only uh, by 
way of her uh, beautiful uh, example uh, in imitation of that, but we also go the way by asking her for her maternal beatitude to train us up into the ways of her son. And she'll do that. Uh, A little book that I think gives us great insight into that is one written by one of my favorite authors, Father Emil Neubauer, uh, and it is called uh, Jesus, Son of Mary, My Ideal. You can get it at EWTN's religious catalog, EWTNRC.com, or you can also uh, get it at our website, but it's immediately available to you. So, Gil, I want to thank you so very much for, uh, you know, sharing those scripture passages with us that led us into this exploration of how it is that we uh, cooperate with grace to be transformed into the image and likeness of God. Our Blessed Mother didn't uh, need, <laughs> she didn't need in a certain sense uh, to go through the machinations that we need to go through. Why? Because she was preserved from uh, the stain of original sin uh, and she was always conformed. But that conformity, that always part of that, uh, also took Our Lady's will right? Uh, So our Blessed Mother was specially graced by God. She remained in grace by surrendering her will to the Father. Be it done unto me according to thy will. And that was the consistent motto of her life. It was the continual rudder of the way in which she lived her days. We would do well to ask her to help us do likewise. Thank you so much. Want to go to Michael out there in Columbus, Ohio. St. Gabriel Radio is the way uh, that he is with us today. Hey, Michael. Oh, how are you doing? Yeah, how are you? How are you? I'm very well. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just getting over uh, like a cold, but I'm a bit a lot better, so thanks for taking my call. My call. You're welcome. Uh, the question is, because um, she was talking a little bit ago about your daughter when she was younger, she was having some uh, question was asked at school. Yes. And didn't, you went and talked to the principal and everything, and mm-hmm. to how you, uh, you raise and how you raise your kids. But do you believe? Do you believe in spanking, uh, in spanking and hitting children? You raise them how to you, you raise them, you know, uh, as children to adults. You or you know uh, to raise them is 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 that okay to, to hit children, spank them? Do you believe in that? And also, do you believe in uh, corporal punishment, spanking in schools? Do you believe that you think they should? Uh, Well, Michael, thank you very much for your question. That's a question that I haven't been asked in a very, very long time. Uh, Obviously, physical abuse is never acceptable. The question is what categorizes as abuse. Um, We're um, the current mindset today is that that everything is is abuse. Uh, The current mindset today is that everybody is a victim. Does that mean that there are no victims? Of course not. Does it mean that everyone's a victim? Of course not. We're living under, I I think, kind of like an oppression of an an ideology of victimhood. You almost uh, do not have social status if you're not a victim in some way, a victim of racism, a victim of sexual abuse, a victim of this, a victim of that. Uh, and, And I think that while Uh, There are truths about that, that a certain percentage of the population has experienced some of these things. Uh, It's never uh, acceptable in any way, shape, or form. 
but I think that we have a heightened sensitivity that has been used to the detriment uh, of of our society as a whole. And I, I'm not talking here about corporal punishment in particular. I'm talking about this whole concept of victimhood. So we have individuals now that that see themselves as a victim for any kind of a slight, any kind of a correction, any kind of a disciplinary action, any kind of, of a statement that would be corrective in nature. So we've gone completely to the opposite end of the spectrum when it comes to raising children and what is appropriate and what is not appropriate. Physical abuse, verbal abuse, abuse of any form is absolutely unacceptable. The question is what forms abuse? Some would say that even correcting your children with a firm tone of voice is verbal abuse. Nothing could be further from the truth. There are certain ranges of the voice that can be used and certain emphasis that can be used to make a point, and they often have to be used to make a point. I think with regard to uh, corporal punishment, you know, Scripture says, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. I think that that has been abused, uh, you know, in the past. I think it's been greatly abused in the past um, by parents as well as by educators. Uh I think that 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 there are other ways that that we can um, uh, affect disciplinary action with our children, and I think disciplinary action has to be taken. Otherwise, we never provide for them the guardrails for their life that leads to uh, a positive way of using their gift and talents and being a positive contributing member of society as a whole. Uh, never mind. Uh, the, the the society of God, the mystical body of Christ. So, you know, when it when it comes to corporal punishment, what justifies uh, corporal punishment? What is corporal punishment? I think is a question that that needs to continue to be explored. Does a little pat on the rump qualify as 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 physical abuse? I don't think so. Uh, does does taking off a belt and whipping a child, uh, you know, on, on a bare bottom? qualify as that? I would say, yes, it does. I'm afraid that what we've got going on today, however, and, and this is a general attitude that's pervasive in the culture, is that anything that leads to an emotion being scratched is abusive and renders that individual a victim. And so I see that, I think that our children today walk around with, with lenses that see victimhood, that see entitlement, that see that everybody owes me a living and you can't touch me. And by that, I mean not touch physically. I'm talking about, you know, you can't, you can't correct me. You can't, you can't make suggestions to me on how I can do something better because I'm in control of all things. And that might be an overstatement, but quite frankly, I think that we see it being lived out, and we're not seeing this in, in just this generation coming up. We're seeing it in many of the parents who are raising the children of this generation, and it's very, very difficult. So I, I please want everybody to hear me say abuse, true abuse, is never acceptable, never acceptable, never acceptable. Um, but I think that the, the question today that has to be asked is, um, what are the lines are there lines of demarcation? Is everything abusive today? Is any kind of corrective measure abusive today? I don't know. 
I, I don't think so. I think it's one of the reasons why we see the mayhem that we see in our culture today. So there you have it, Michael. That's my perspective on that. And thank you for calling and asking about it. Um, I want to go to Christian uh, out there in California listening via Guadalupe Radio Network. But Cynthia <laughs> writes into YouTube and says, I have a question. Almost seven years ago, my husband walked out on me after 21 years of marriage. It was a sacramental Catholic marriage. He has not spoken to me since that day. And the question is... Uh, uh, without a nomen, I know without a nomen, I can't remarry, but can I have a non-intimate dating relationship? Well, you know, Cynthia, this is a very good question. And, you know, um, I don't know if you have investigated whether or not there were impediments to that marriage that would render this uh, marriage not a sacramental marriage that you were in for 21 years. I really don't know. If none of those impediments are there, then in the eyes of the church, both you and this man, uh, to whom you were also civilly married, (laughs) as well as covenantally married, uh, that marriage uh, in a covenantal sense still exists, though it may not exist in a civil sense. Uh, So, uh, you're right. If if there is no annulment, you cannot remarry. Uh, but can you have a non-intimate dating relationship? Well, it would depend upon how you define dating relationship. Uh, first of all, I think that if you are seeing a person routinely, um, and that and, and and there are are strong feelings between the two of you, um, it can lead to uh, an intimate relationship. Because we're only human persons after all. So every time you would be together, you would be putting yourself into the near occasion of sin. And so that in and of itself, putting yourself into the near occasion of sin, is already a sin. Because it's a sin on some level of desire or you wouldn't keep putting yourself in the same situation over and over again. Um, If you have a friendship with this person that is purely platonic and they're not strong uh, a, 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 a emotions of attraction to this person and you're going out to dinner and occasionally going to the movie and, you know, it's, it's all very platonic, um, then yes, that, that would be fine. But, but that's not a dating relationship. So, you know, it depends upon how you're defining that. If, if you care for this person and this person cares for you and you know that there is an attraction there, then I think that it would be best to put a halt to that relationship uh, lest you fall into sin, um, or really be tempted to sin, and maybe even desire, you know, you know, in your mind and your imagination, be sinning with regard to this individual. This is very practical information here, by the way. Uh, so I, I would really encourage you to take this to the sacrament of confession and talk it over with a priest. Better still, do it outside of the sacrament of confession. Uh, you know, talk with him about this so that he can help you discern what really is the situation that's going on here and advise you accordingly. The fact that you're using the the, the term dating relationship is what's indicating to me that this is something more than a platonic relationship, in which case I would say you put this on pause and and, and you take a look at that marriage that you were in. And if you find that, um, you know, that there is a uh, you know, no uh, decree of nullity that could possibly be forthcoming, then you you would, for the sake of your soul, uh, since you can't remarry uh, in that case, uh, you you would move out of this relationship. Um, that that would be my advice and counsel to you. And I got to tell you what, that's heroic virtue. That that really is heroic virtue. So uh, there you have it. Now to Christian on Guadalupe. Uh, radio listening to us. Uh, okay, oh, he's morning. out in Guadalupe, morning, California. Uh, 
<laughs> you too. Good morning, guys. Back in How are you this morning? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I was just talking about our blessing. Um, today is my mom's birthday, and I'm just trying to be blue, and I'm and I'm talking to our blessing mother right now. It's just okay. um, it's only like two years that my mom been gone. I know. I remember and Christian. Just, we've talked about her. And then I'm just like asking for you. I love your prayers when you pray for me. I just when you because I, I close my eyes and then you're with me, holy man. I just say, Christian, it's gonna be okay. You're telling me it's gonna be okay. And um, okay. I went to a graveside this morning. What? Quit. Yeah. Quit. Okay. And I was asking you to go ahead and pray for me. Okay. Is that what you're? Is that what you're calling in for? Is prayer? Yes. Okay. Good. Well, let's pray. Well, Father God, we okay. come before. We come before you in this moment, and I lift up to you your son, Christian. Uh, you know how it is that he loves you, Lord, and you know how it is that he loves your mother. And Father God, you know how much it is that he loves his mother, his biological mother, his natural mother. And you know, Father God, that she has gone on to eternal life to be with you for all eternity. But nonetheless, in the human condition, we grieve. We miss the mom that was at our side, that raised us that helped for us to become the woman or the man that we've become. And Christian, this beautiful man, Father God, loves his mother dearly. And I'm asking you, through the power of the Holy Spirit and the maternal beatitude of our Blessed Lady, to give him the consolation that he needs as he celebrates her birthday today, to bring to him that solace of mind and heart, uh, that deep conviction that Though his mother is gone from him, she is not separated from him, only invisible to him. And that in some way within the mystical body of Christ and this beautiful communion of saints, she is still there. And she is praying for him. And in some ways, because now she is in eternal life, she and her son are closer spiritually than they've ever been before. I pray, Father God, that these thoughts will remain with your son, that he will be able to enter into them and the grace of them and the mystery of them and be consoled on this, her birthday. And we offer this prayer to you, Father, in the name of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the merits of his cross, through the power of the Holy Spirit, and with the maternal beatitude and intercession of our blessed lady. Amen. Thank you, Christian, and God bless you today. And God bless all of you, too. I've so enjoyed being with you today. I look forward to being with you again, always inviting you to listen to us Monday through Friday, right here at this same time on this same station as we discuss issues of importance to your life and your faith. Get out there to our website, womenofgrace.com. Register for some of the upcoming events that we will be attending and holding. It's going to be a great time together. Until we are together again, may God bless you. Bye-bye now.